immediately. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to The Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. Now, Liam, this is the day after State of Origin. It is. Always a fun and eventful day. Well, it was a very eventful night last night, uh, obviously with the Blues coming away with the win and, uh, you know, many uh, celebrations to be had. And um, I'm still in the jersey that I was wearing last night. <laughs> haven't taken it off. Uh, and uh, we were saying uh, as we were arriving, we were in all sorts. And uh, as we were t- commenting on this, I realised your fly was undone. Yes, I got the uh, the unwelcome breeze that you only get when the flies are zipped down. Unfortunately, that uh, kiss of cold air upon the top of your inner thighs. <laughs> yes. So that's how we're feeling today, Jousters. We hope you celebrated just as hard as the two of us did at the Commonwealth Hotel. If you, if it was not a windy day, if it was a still day. You, you would have just been un- unknowingly walking around. That's it. I would have been walking around exposing myself, which would be a horrible shame and a crime. You had you you you're, you're a brief swearer, obviously. I am a brief swearer. Is there, yes. uh, so you you have something there. It's not just yeah. I got something there. Tackle out. If <laughs> no, the, that's not the only line goodness. of defence. Now, Liam, there's lots happened last night. Of course, oh, uh, the, the New South Wales Blues coming away with the win. But there was also another event last night at the Commonwealth Hotel that uh, we were heavily involved in. Some would argue the bigger event was the one that we were heavily involved in. in yes, fact. look, it, it actually absolutely took Newcastle by storm. Uh, you know, there was lots of uh, lead up through the week uh, between the two thumb wrestlers, uh, Gavin the Thumb Morton and Cameron Knuckles Keast, and they uh, it was the epic thumb war that we all hoped for. Wasn't there a word slinging war of Words. War of insults. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> in the lead up, yes. But it all cultivated in this point here. So if you missed it and you weren't there at the commie, you can check it out right now. Well, Liam, here we are for the official State of Origin Thumb War right here at the Commonwealth Hotel on behalf of Murray's Brewery. Now, Liam, we've scoured the earth for the two greatest thumb warriors. We've got Liam the Thumb Morton, the people's champion, and the bad boy from Brisbane, Cameron Knuckles Keast. Now, Liam... You've adjudicated, you'll be adjudicating tonight, and you've seen your fair share of thumb wars. You know your way around a thumb. What do you see tonight bringing? Well, look, obviously, I'm out injured for tonight, so I couldn't fill in myself. But, look, I think it's going to be a battle of the stayers. These two are not known as sprinters, as we call them in the thumb wrestling world, short power-based players. These two are stayers. They're, uh, they're in here for the long haul. And we all, as we all well know, Gavin Morton, the people's champion, growing up in the hard streets of the Rift, rarely was there, you know, an official thumb wrestling competition. So it was all back streets and bad alleys. Whereas Keisty, he's come through the competition ranks. So he's got a bit more of a refined style. But uh, look, I think we're in for a hell of a battle between two of, two of this nation's finest thumb warriors. It's really heating up here at the Commonwealth Hotel. So let's get around and talk to the punters to see how they think this thumb war will end up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're here with one of the sex sirens of Newcastle, Mr. Troy Sumner. Now, Troy, you know Gav quite well. You know his wrestling style quite well. You know what he brings to the table. What exactly is that? What is it about Gav Morton that makes him such a thumb wrestler? Well, he's a competitor. He is a competitor, but... On the day, it's anyone's anyone's chance, but um, I know for a fact Gav's favourite movie is The Cinderella Story, so I think he's going to be playing that card tonight, but I believe in him, and I'm sure he can get it done. Now, some may have accused Gavin, maybe rightly so, not rightly so, that's, I'll leave that to the punters, but he has been accused of being a bit of a showy thumb wrestler. Can you give any insight on that? Ooh. Yes, no, he, uh, he, definitely, um, he definitely leaves it out there. He, uh, well, um, showy... 
uh, probably not the right term, Liam. I'm thinking, uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, definitely cocky. Uh, but um, I think I think he can get it done. I think he can get it done. Excellent, wonderful insight from one of Newcastle's finest. Back to you, Nagy. All right, I'm here with uh, one of the wrestlers tonight, Gavin the Thumb Morton, the People's Champion. Now, Gavin, coming off a loss, how does that affect the psyche going in? Um, it's really got no effect. I put in the work, and I'm I'm ready ready to go tonight. There's some jives thrown early as far as uh, you know some loose accusations that uh, Keisty. Uh, the Queensland champion might be coming in greased. Uh, do you stand by those comments? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Keisty, not a real name, uh, <laughs> may I add. Uh, he, is a, he is a greaser. Yeah, he's uh, a known greaser. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you come across uh, Keisty before in any uh, previous competition? Uh, no, no. I've never even heard of the guy. Oh. But um... <laughs> First time facing uh, the Queensland champion. Uh, obviously, we're, we're kicking off in a few minutes. Gav, any final thoughts going in? Uh, Mum and Dad, I'm doing this for you. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Liam. Back to you. All right, now we've got someone out of the Keese camp here. Kieran, now give us some insights into Keese and what he brings to the table in this, the uh, first extravaganza of thumb wrestling. Look, it's going to be a tough battle from the get-go, but um, Keese, he's got a long finger. I've, I have wrestled him before, and he's, he's, he's no easy knockover. So, I don't know. It's, it's up to him, really, how he plays it, but I'm sure it'll be good. Now, there's been some accusations about greasing. Do you know, is that the kind of thing that Keesey would have in his game? Oh, mate, I think he's got a few aces up the sleeve. He could do anything. Aces Absolutely. up the sleeve. You heard it here first. Thank you very much, Kieran, and no cheer for your boy, Keesey, oh, mate. We'll do, we'll do. All right, I'm here with the uh, three-time Queensland thumb wrestling champion, uh, Cameron's Knuckles Keesey. Now, Cam, coming into a match against Gavin Morton, how do you prepare for something like this? Uh, obviously, a huge, uh, huge spectacle here at the Commonwealth Hotel. How do you prepare? Do you do you practice your way in, or do you let the thumb rest? Look, honestly, as a three-time champ, I'm not even worried. I just concentrate on me. A couple of thumb exercises, I'm ready to go. Now, there's been some concerns of greasing. Uh, do you know of anything greasing in the past? Do you see it around the professional scene? I mean, it's been known to happen, and. Uh, being a Cameron myself, I've learned from the best to take the rules to mass advantage as you can. <laughs> That's fantastic. Obviously excited. How do you see tonight going? What are you working for? Top game, bottom game, the bait and switch? We'll just see how it plays out. <laughs> I think we might go out strong and see where we go from there. A very concise, clear and ready Cameron Knuckles Keist. Let's get it on. Rematch Entertainment. I know you've all been waiting for it. It's the official set of origin thumb war between Gavin the Thumb Morton, representing New South Wales, and Cameron Knuckles Keast. Brought to you on behalf of Murray's Brewery, can we please welcome the away side, Cameron Knuckles Keast. Cameron, feeling ready, alright? Have you represent the home side? We've got Gavin the Thumb Morton. Give a round of applause, guys. And your adjudicator this evening, the man holding the whistle, is our very own just Liam McNeil. Liam, would you like to come out? Now, Liam, you obviously have to check the uh, the wrestlers, yep. make sure there is nothing, uh, no fingernails there. That's always good. You don't know about these thumb wrestlers, guys. They can get a little bit antsy. Behind the ears is where they like to pick the Vaseline. So we have to make sure that there's nothing there. If the adjudicator is happy with it, we've got the right wrestlers, we're ready yep. to go, ladies and gentlemen. All right, hands and gentlemen, I want to quickly unwrap. So we're going to start one, two, three, I'll fight and clear it. One, two, three, four, after me.
Four. I declare a silent war. Now we'll bow. We'll, bow. we'll touch. We'll take corners. Take corners. Here we go, guys. It's the first. Oh, there's a lot happening here. Camera one, big two, two three. It's the first. Oh, we're going to win. Can we just check that? Was there, was, there a, was there a bit of a wrist twist there, Liam? Would you like to go again? No, I'm seeing no wrist twist. It was all hand. <laughs> there's, no there's no wrist twist. There's no wrist twist there. Guys, we have a winner. We've had a video. We've had it. We've reviewed it on the video, guys. If you'd like to go again, okay. But we're gonna need your help again. Ready? One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Ready? After me. One, two, three, four. I declare a thumb war. Bell. Touch. Corners. Come on, guys. Here we go. That's not gonna make the same mistake again. Watch those wrists, Liam. It's a tight one. They're both flying for top position. Oh, no. oh, 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 I need to go back and speak with my people, I think. Uh, got a lot of soul searching to do, but I mean, 2020 is not far away. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. He will wrestle again. Big round of applause again from the thumb board. I'm here with the winner, Cameron Knuckles Case. Now, Cameron, uh, how did you feel about the redo? I feel like you had to win that twice. I did, but, you know, different race cars. <laughs> he was going in confident, guys. Going in a big round of applause for Cameron Knuckles, Case from Queensland. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Thank you very much on behalf of Rory's Brewery. Thanks very much, guys. Enjoy the rest of the night. Hopefully, New South Wales boys can get up. Thanks very much, guys. I'm here with your winner, Cameron Knuckles Keast, uh, coming off the official State of Origin Thumb War. Now, Cameron, you walk away with a case of Murray's 262. How does it feel to be a winner once again? It's great, mate. Thanks to Murray's. I'll enjoy a few teams watching Queensland hopefully win. Hopefully, uh, you know, we, you, this is the only Queensland win we'll see tonight. But a big thanks to the Commonwealth Hotel and a huge thanks to Murray's 262. Wasn't that a wonderful time, Liam? It's it was an excellent time. And look, the two boys put on a hell of a good show. They, um, they're, you know, both well known for their thumb wrestling. And I think... Feisty it, lads, they the, were. The real winner at the end of the day was thumb wrestling itself. Yes. Thumb wrestling itself was the winner. Big thanks to the Commonwealth Hotel and big thanks to Murray's Brewery. With uh, Cameron, the Knuckles Keys walking away with a case of 262 for himself to enjoy at his leisure. Probably at the next uh, watching sport at home, I would say. That's where I'll be enjoying it. Now, Liam... The game itself. Yes. The, uh, the the secondary, the second event, we'll call it, on that <laughs> night. Uh, you know, obviously, the it was such a close one. came down to the wire, and I think everyone had that feeling of, oh, no, this is happening again. I know. I definitely got that feeling, that feeling that we've got so many times over the last decade where, you know, Queensland just take it out just at the end. We we get given hope, and we have hope thrown in our faces, only to be dashed upon the rocks of disappointment. Me, you know, an yeah. hour and twenty-five minutes later. Yes, but not to. It wasn't to be last night. No, no, it was such a interesting game. Um, and we'll, just as a brief summary, obviously eight all at half time. Mm -hmm. uh, scores are locked. Um, and then going out in the second half, New South Wales gets away to a twelve-point lead, uh, only for Queensland to chase it down in the last, you know, remaining eight minutes or so. Uh, and uh, and then our very own Mitchell Pearce sends it wide. 
and a Blake Ferguson and Tedesco combination um, seals the game for New South Wales. It was absolutely incredible. Isn't it good to have a, a series-winning number seven at Newcastle, which we haven't had since 05? 05. Well, we had uh, Trent Hogginson in 15. I oh, think. but we got him after. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's I mean, true. in the same uh, year. Okay, in the same yeah, year. I see, year. I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, you know, who else was, was one? We've got a few of them now. Maybe it's just a Newcastle thing that we mm. uh, we just got to inject more Newcastle players in into the blue side. Well, it seemed to, to work this time. I think four reps four reps across both teams were the most we've had in mm. God knows how long. Could have been five with uh, if uh, if Kalen wasn't, wasn't injured. Could now, well have been. Liam, who was your standout for the State of Origin? My now? standout had to be James Tedesco. He was awarded the Player of the Series Award and he just showed in 10 origins he's never had a bad one. I, I think it's safe to say... At the origin level, he's never played a game below 9 out of 10. And this was no exception. He scored two tries, ran for 230 metres, and broke 10 tackles. I mean, mm. the bloke, he's, he's just become an origin expert. Yeah, another try to Paul Vaughan as well. We've got the, uh, both the, uh, the Italian boys going mm, over. The good Italian boys. And what a good, strong community to have behind your team, the Italian community, you know? The bowls clubs around the country were going absolutely <laughs> bananas. Um and uh, but it was it was it was very exciting to see. It seemed like everything was coming together. But Queensland didn't just we didn't walk over them like many people thought we would back down in Sydney. Well, that's it. It was a real seesaw battle. I think both forward packs had their own periods of domination. It just seems like New South seemed like New South Wales did more with their periods of domination than the Maroons did. Yeah, I think they had a few more tools in their hmm. chest of drawers. Um, <laughs> that's where you keep your tools. Um, I'll tell you what. I've yeah. been looking on Facebook Marketplace for furniture, and I don't know who Chester Drawers is, yeah. but he's a popular man. There's yeah. a lot of Chester Drawers <laughs> on uh, Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a big distributor. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, for me, the hats off uh, this week is uh, Cameron Murray. Wasn't he astounding off the bench? A revelation he's been this season. Making breaks. He made a nice break, which uh, which you know led to points a bit later. And and he he looked like he had some wheels on him as well. Mm. I didn't I didn't picture that. Um, and um, making the chase down and putting um, just getting fingertips on Corey Oates, I believe, down. It was. Uh, and just slowing him up enough for the cover defence. And that's the kind of, similar to what uh, uh, Frizzell did uh, to Gagai, yeah, just mm. just wanting every bit of it and putting every every ounce of effort in. And that's what we expected the Blues. I think that's what we've needed. Um, and, and luckily we came away with the Bickies. That's it. It was a good origin play. It's one of those plays where you never let the play die because it's origin. Yeah, it was... Yeah. It was, um, but yeah, I think where I think we won it was uh, New South Wales. Uh, as you said, there's periods of swing, swinging dominations. Mm. Um, but where New South Wales really capitalised is, um, I think you know, to Queensland's credit, they really defended well. They were coming up quickly, uh, but I think we stuck to our game plan, and I think we didn't. We played expansive out wide football. Mm. Um, when we won those um, battles of the forwards, like if we had a good set, that we'd still have those conservative sets. I swear if this was um, five, six years ago, watching that same game and that last play when it's 20-all, I, I would have seen us just going, um, you know, five up the middle and then... And hoping, then a bomb. And then a bomb and then mm-hmm. hoping that something would happen. But um, but watching uh, watching Pierce, you know, look wide and then it all paying off. It seems like this is what Queensland's done to us again and again. So and again. many times. So many damn times. But um, it was, yeah, it, like I said, it was a really close game. New South Wales just won the running metres battle. 1,637 metres to 1,550, completed Mm. at 87% Mm. to Queensland's 83%. So there was a little bit of extra domination from the Blues. Yeah. Just that little bit of extra oomph. 
I was speaking to someone earlier in the day and they said that's got to be one of the greatest um, uh, State of Origin games that mm. they witnessed. And I was like, I agree with you to a point because it could have been the best possibly, but the first half was just riddled with penalties. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was almost like two separate halves of footy when it came to the refereeing. It was a very strange performance which has had some media pundits claiming that they may have got a tap on the shoulder from the blokes upstairs at half time and said, put the whistles away, boys. Well, 12 penalties in the first half. Two in the second. My goodness me, Nagy. That's a quite lopsided. So you just think you think you'd see more penalties in the back end of the half, where back end of the game, where the players are tired, they're not getting back on side, they're laying around in the ruck. But no, it was like twelve at the start. They were pretty, appa- they're pretty evenly distributed. But apparently, was- the commentators were going nuts on them. We couldn't hear the commentary because no. the Commonwealth Hotel was so packed. It's yeah. a wonderful venue for watching live sport. Was- but uh, all the feedback I've got about the commentators was that they absolutely despised the refereeing in the mm. first half. They thought it was ruining the game. They thought it was terrible. I didn't find it to be that bad, Nagy. Did you? Um, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> I'll say Your babe. brain's a scrambled egg, isn't it? I tell you what, I did a lot of shouting last night. It was a lot of shouting. Uh, there was, you know, everywhere in the comedy was uh, was was alive with uh, with emotion. Was, mm. You know, I could hear the chefs applauding loudly in the kitchen. <laughs> um, it, it was uh, it was something to, to come away with the win, and it, it's great to have the series uh, in the back pocket now. Two in a row. Hashtag two in a row. Boy, wasn't Jake Trebojevic phenomenal as he well? Was Thirty-eight tackles for no misses. Ball playing front rower he's mm. looking to be the next Arthur Beetson I reckon yeah if Manly's got you know half wits about them they'll hang on to those those two lads well we know that they don't yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> something else happened through the week we haven't covered Liam is uh, the Knights game yeah the uh, Knights game versus the Warriors yeah the, the, it was a disappointing loss um, but I think everyone um, was sort of expect didn't know what to expect we're having so much of the side out so mm. much of it jumbled up uh, players uh, playing out of position players playing positions they they ran Early play in Heimel Hunt to the wing, Sioni back to centres, score two tries, um, and uh, and just having Kurt Mann sort of filling holes and Mason Lino trying to sort of lead the pack around. It was um, it was a really interesting game, but they they did well. I they thought. did look. You couldn't fault the boys' effort. It was only a close run thing. What was the final score? 24 20 yeah. and it was only in that last three minutes to go. I think that Semisoni Lissoni scored that try mm. to uh, to take back the lead. But yeah, it was a real seesaw again. It was a seesawing battle. The Warriors seemed to get on top in certain points, mm. but then the Knights had fight back and get back on top. It was a really interesting game. And I think you definitely couldn't fault the effort for the boys. That loss would be hurting because yeah. it was so close. And, you know, there they was almost a... Yeah, almost a boil over. But with seven players out, I think it's, you know, to be expected. To be expected. And that's the side, that's a game that we haven't really had this year of, of having a host of players out. Mm. Other teams have had it, uh, key players out in key positions. And in previous years, you know, we've the team we've started with and the team that we've had at this point of the season been completely different due to injury. Uh, so it's it's probably a good thing, I think, to give uh, some, some other players and... Uh, to get them some exposure, some make some important match decisions. Mm. Uh, and Phoenix Crossland also uh, made his debut off the bench. He did. He didn't get to do much. The ball just kept not making it to him. I think mm. there was a few times where he was the next player to receive the ball and the ball just died with the player who had it. But, um, yeah, he seems like a promising young talent. His first touch was a really nice little 
touch finding kick. Yeah. Yeah, I think he could be a good prospect. And he's a one he wants he really wants more than anything to play three hundred games for the Knights. And I love that. He's a yeah. young kid who's not just a footy player, he's a footy fan, he's a footy diehard, and he wants to be a one club man for this beautiful club that we call the Newcastle Knights. It's fantastic. It's mm. really great to see. And I love how it's three hundred as well, which yeah, is an, he which wants is an ambitious. 300. It's ambitious. Yeah, it's very well, ambitious. Well, one down, ninety two ninety nine to go. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was one thing that uh, that I was I was watching the game and I was, I was frustrated with the amount of penalties that were being thrown mm. around as well. And I decided to go back and look at the Knights games. Uh, we haven't won a penalty count, uh, like a penalties. We haven't received more penalties than the other side um, since the Titans loss. That's quite a while ago. Surely there's like, you know, that's over a third of the season. Surely yeah. that has to be like, um, are we being overpenalized? Are we the worst disciplined side in the comp? And I think we've got the most sin bins for the We're season as well. We're leading the sin bins leading as well. the sin bin count. So huh. uh, it makes no sense. Uh, it makes no sense. Um, Brandy touched on it, saying we're not getting a, a fair crack of the whip, which I really enjoyed as That's an a expression. Good yeah, Because, yeah. um, uh, you know, fair shake of the sauce bottle. Um, <laughs> ScoMo yeah. ruined that one for us. Did he? I didn't hear him say it. It was either ScoMo or Kevin Rudd. I don't know. Some dickhead politician ruined that one well, for me. Okay, so there's no more sauce bottle. But we no. can go crack of the whip. Fair crack of the whip. Fair crack of the whip. We're not getting it. We're getting, un, you know, unfairly. And it's another example, as we said after um, uh, the Broncos game, how we'll get to a final situation and we'll be... Um, you know, disciplined out mm. of the side, and it, it happens again. This is going to be a thing. Like, look at the two halves of football: uh, the one that was twelve penalties uh, in in forty minutes, and the one with two. And you can quite clearly say the free flowing game um, of the second half of the State of Origin is clear that less penalties is better. It's much better for the game. But then, w- at what point does the onus become on the players to stop committing the penalties, Nagy? I think they're penalized. As Brandy said, they're penalizing differently. That's mm. the thing: the expectation of the players going, oh, "Okay, well, I can lay in the ruck for this long, and I can sort of do this," and uh, and then now it's the the goalposts have, have moved, not the actual ones on the field, the ones inside the mm. uh, the minds of the referees, and they're just deciding to to blow the pee out of the whistle. Again. If they did move the goalposts on the field, that's when I'd start to worry. Yeah, that's yeah. when I'd start to the, worry. If there was a physical movement, if of there the was a physical posts. movement of the goalposts from one place where they are to the next. That's when I'd start to worry. Well, we've got an important game coming up uh, this week now, Liam. I forgot our hats off, Nag. Hats off for the, uh, yes. for the Warriors game. Hats who, off for the Warriors game. Chosen by you, the people. Chosen by the punters was Sione Mataudia. He got uh, not 98% of the vote. He got 68% of the vote on Facebook, 60% on Twitter, two tries, 132 metres and two line breaks. Mm. And runner-up was Herman Essiesi with 32% of the Facebook vote, 31% of Twitter, 131 metres, 40 post-contact metres, five tackle busts. Yeah. He was immense. He, was he immense. really led that forward pack around because, again, young, inexperienced. For, well, actually, no, it was pretty experienced with Bure and Guerra in there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he really took to the mantle, took the mantle of the, um, the leading forward in the pack on that particular night. Josh Spiegelman, the Hebrew Hammer, uh, mm. uh, highlighted his stats and said like it was just an amazing effort from mm. a guy that uh, that is probably those kind of performances what we were used to seeing from him last year and probably with the inclusions of some other forwards, he might not be getting his hands on the ball as much or as many opportunities. But hopefully we can hold on to him. Uh, apparently uh, his, this is a, the second year of a, his contract and uh, he's on the open market, I believe. No, I think we've got him for next year. We've got him for next year? Yeah, because uh, there, there's been a lot of speculation around whether he'll be let go or not and oh, Brownie's okay. come out and said, no, nope, he'll be playing for the Knights next year. Oh, fantastic. Which I think is a very good thing. He's oh, a very, okay. very good forward yeah. on his day. And uh, yeah, a few little kinks to work out in defense, I think. But once you work that out, you've got a hell of a 
prop slash lock on your hands. Yeah, that's right. And he's he's just got good footwork mm. as well. He's just one of those sort of more athletic props, not mm. like the yesteryear props where they were um, more obese. Um, <laughs> my love goes out to Mark Tukey uh, over there in uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, the game coming up this week, and Liam, uh, is the game against the Bulldogs. And, uh, you know... By blimey, I didn't realise that it was uh, the telly game that we've got. I know, the Friday night television game. Isn't I, that something? I saw it Friday night and I just thought, oh, well, it's obviously the graveyard shift. Yeah. That's what they like to give the Novocastrians at 6 p.m. <laughs> the, you know, finish work, get the kids in the car quick and let's get to the stadium because Newcastle's so easily, you know... Um, so to, easy to, go, to navigate around. To navigate around. around and parking's just perfect. Um, <laughs> but it's but then I had another look. I was like, no, it's the, the, the 10 to 8 game. Mm. The, the, uh, the one on Channel 9, which... I got, you'd think when they were scheduling it, the Knights would would have been in the middle of their um, many losses in a row, and the Bulldogs was all, would have always also been in the uh, in the middle of many losses. And then someone was like, "That's what the punters want to see." That's the TV see. game. That's the TV game. Couple I'm glad of they battlers. Did. I'm glad they did. There's nothing the punters like more than a couple of battlers going at it, though. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously with the Origin boys being out last week, um, and then this they've come away from the game with no significant injuries. Mm. If you uh, uh, bruises and bumps. Um, you'd, I'd hope Mitchell Pierce plays. Um, well, Mitchell Pierce has been named to start at number seven. Yep. Uh, Clemmer, Safidi, and Glasby have all been named on an extended bench. Right. So we don't know whether they'll back up or not. But they didn't play long minutes. I think Safidi only played twenty-two minutes. Glasby only played thirteen. Thirteen minutes. Yeah. Clemmer played forty-one. I think. Yeah. So not huge minutes out of them. Clemmer got through his usual mountain of work. I think he ran for a hundred. 38 metres. 138 metres. He yeah. got through his usual mountain of work, in, but he can back up from that. To put that in perspective, no Ford in the Queensland side ran for over 100 metres. Mm. So, yeah, he, he was uh, definitely working hard out there in the middle. Hopefully he plays. Hopefully uh, all the Origin guys come back and then we can really uh, give it to the Bulldogs. I think some, sometimes when they come back from a really short turnaround, it can be almost like this game, trying to play at the, the height of mm. where everything's on the line and you know this is the game so fast and in front of 85,000 people. And then coming back and playing the Bulldogs, might you know might be a bit of a, a step down you know mm. it's, uh, and it's good it's a good thing because they sometimes they can bring that energy I remember when the Storm or the Broncos teams used to have their sides littered in the Queensland side and they'd come back and back up two days later well, that's and it. just they'll, play all over them they'll bring back the enthusiasm of the win and they'll mm. bring back the they'll roll that good form over into the into the game but it's a bit of a danger game I mean the Bulldogs they are coming last but they're coming off a win uh, last round against the Sharks mm. who are you know they're no slouches they've put together a few losses now the Sharks but they're not slouches no. so the Bulldogs team can offer something oh, yeah. and I think the Knights really need to be careful of not underestimating them yeah absolutely and uh, I still think they've got plenty of fight in them the Bulldogs they've got still some uh, some players like Will Hopawade and mm. Josh Jackson and, and things like that that can really turn a game on its head um, so hopefully, hopefully we can uh, we can come away with the chockies and um, and I'll definitely be there as well, which is a rare thing for myself uh, to make, manage to get down to the game. Wonderful news! Uh, so yeah, no, I'm very much looking forward to it. Mm. Liam, uh, speaking about news, is it time for the news? Time for the news. I can just feel the pain and hurt behind my eyes as I. <laughs> I can as, see as it. I glare down the camera. It, it's it's exuding from you. Yes, yeah. like radiation. <laughs> What's in the news this week, Liam? Not too much. So we'll get That's it good. over quickly. Lachlan Fitzgibbon will miss four to five weeks 
which is a damn shame. He looked to hyperextend his elbow there. That was nasty. It was it, very nasty. Oh, it didn't look good, but he managed to stay on, which I was very impressed at. Just a tough young fella, Lachlan. But yeah, four to five weeks on the sideline for Lockie Fitz. It went well back past the the one eighty, and because mm. uh, he was diving for a board, his leg mm. and someone slid in behind him, and it was. But yeah, stayed on. Just had yeah. it, just had it strapped up like the Gutsy old gutsy fella, like the magic sponge sort of thing, where everything yes. everything could be healed with the magic sponge. <laughs> now it was filled with opium. They didn't tell you <laughs> that's what they used to be able to do back in the day. Liquidized opium, opium man. Yeah. Now the next one, we've got a bit of a clip coming up. Um, now this occurred in the Sharks versus Brisbane game on Sunday afternoon. One of the more interesting things I've seen in a rugby league game. Now, what we see here is Matt Lodge gets up holding the leg of Kyle Flanagan <laughs> and then sweeps the leg. But yeah. what we didn't see was this fairly blatant knee to the head of Matt Lodge. Um, now, Kyle Flanagan has been charged with that, with a knee to the head, but he won't actually miss any games. He took the early guilty plea, which I think only incurs 75 points, so not enough points to actually miss a game. Who's that? Sorry, that Kyle, Kyle won't miss a game? Kyle Flanagan will not miss a for game. Kneeing for a man a man in the head while he was on the ground. Lodge nearly found himself in prison in the States for doing something similar. For doing similar. a very similar thing. <laughs> so I was a bit perplexed by that, Nagy. Seeing the, seeing the footage there, do you think there's a case to be made that Flanagan should miss a few games? Yeah, absolutely. That's almost Greg Bird-esque of about 2003. Agreed, Bye-bye, yeah. bye, Birdie, bye-bye, I believe, is what the wobbles <laughs> sung about him because uh, he missed 11 weeks of football after kneeing someone in the head. See, but now that seems more like the, the kind of stint you'd get on the sidelines for kneeing someone in the head, not yeah. none. Yeah. Uh, I did like Lodge's sweep of the leg. Cause he <laughs> it was good, wasn't if it? He dropped the ball and hit him it would have been like oh my god but he just sort of just knocked him down with ease yeah but it's a weird thing to go for the hook it's like something you do to like your cousin or your brother or something <laughs> as they're trying to run away not not out of the football field it's no like, it's brilliant so i thought that was an interesting one the last item in the news the raiders have signed george williams from the english super league he's a very very handy halfback the raiders seem pretty content on signing an entire team of super english league. super league players mm-hmm. and it, and it's working out for them so far, but they've all been forwards primarily. And you don't see many backs come over to the NRL from the English Super League and succeed. It just yeah. seems it's a much harder crossover to make. So I'll be interested to see how George Williams does down there at Canberra. Because yeah. um, especially in the halves, we haven't really had any halves come down from England except Gary Widdop. Yeah, He's done Garfield. pretty well for himself. Garfield Widdop. Yeah. Garfield Widdop. Um, there's who was the guy that went over from Canberra with the goatee and uh, Blake Austin. Blake Austin. He mm. is carving up. He's over there. absolutely dominating. There's there's like whole montages of him just stepping through the line and, and scoring tries. That's it. I don't think they he, watch the NRL much. He's only played like 16 games over there, and there's montages dedicated <laughs> to him. It's uh, but that's yeah. That's apparently what you've needed to do is bit of mm. bit of speed and a bit of a step. Yeah, that's and, it for the news. Anything for this else? Week. Well, it's better open your sack, Liam. I couldn't find the button. There it was. <laughs> It was in front of you all along. Little, this sack is the one you wanted to be open, unlike the one as we're walking up. Yeah, the car. no, different sack. Different sack. All right, first question. Daniel Richmond asks, after such a great effort, short on depth, the only thing glaringly wrong in the last two games seems to be the 15 minutes post-half time. Why is it all going so wrong there? Uh, we, it's just, it's, we're cursed with that. We've as we've, it. yeah, we've discussed this on the pod before, Daniel, that we think that Brownie is putting no, uh, not no does, what's the opposite of no does? Rohypnol. Rohypnol, yeah. In the team Gatorade. So the first and, 15 minutes after half time. And the th- team bus hit a gypsy woman and she cursed them. <laughs> she cursed them all. But that seems like over the last three years, it's been a bit of a constant. The Knights coming out in the second half, very lethargic and happened, not switched on. Happened in 2017 uh, in so many games. We were, mm. we were winning at half time. 
um, through oh, I can't remember ten or something of those games, and we just went on to lose. Um, we just uh, the second halves have never been our friend. They haven't, especially that first ten or fifteen minutes. So Daniel, we uh, even we, when Joey was playing, it was like that as well. We don't know why, Daniel. We can't work it out, but uh, we'll get onto our men in the stats. We don't have a stats lab. Yeah, we uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll put one together. Someone will tell us something <laughs> about that, and then we'll know. But we don't know for now. Sorry, Daniel. Uh, Jesse Forbes asks, "What are your thoughts on the long-term five-eighth option? Man and Lino offer different strengths at five-eighth. Personally, like to see Lino remain in the position as he has a solid kicking." Game, passing game, and goal kicking. Yeah, no, I like it. I think he's he, he had his last few games have been really good. Bronco, he's really stepped up as well. He Bronco kind of had to step up, be yeah. the dominant half with Pierce out for mm. a little bit here, and I think Lino's really stepped up. But Kurt Mann has too. Yeah. I think Kurt Mann's been playing fantastically. He's been kind of filling in that Kalen Ponga role of skipping to the outside on the left hand, and he set up a few tries. I think he's having a, a ripper, so it's a it's a handy problem to have deciding which of those two you want to play at five eight. I'm going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what Lino's like with Pierce as well. Like mm. I've, they've only played a handful of games together, and sometimes I feel like maybe Pierce pushes Lino out of the game a little bit. Um, I think Pierce plays the best with like another running sort of five mm. eight, um, and I think Lino's more of a you know you're structured um, uh, uh, half, so similar to Pierce in that sense. So. I don't know. We'll see if they can work together. To um, that end, I'd love to see Kurt Mann stay in the six. I think he's he's mm. earned it. He's earned it. He's and done well. Mason might have to bide his time in reserve grade for a bit, which is a shame because he also has yeah been playing very well. Can kick a goal. But can kick a goal too, mm. yeah. He very good. Booting him from everywhere on the weekend. Mark Baker asks, regardless of this weekend's result, should State of Origin be moved to the end of the season in order to reduce the risk to feeder clubs through origin duties and subsequent injury occurred incurred during representation duties? Yes. Um, I, I think about this often and because I don't like how it upsets the season so much. It is the highlight of the season, though. Oh, absolutely. I think the only way it would work is if you shortened the season. Mm-hmm. You play every team once. Mm-hmm. So you return it with 16 rounds, I guess that would happen. 15 mm-hmm. for 16 teams. I don't know. I'm not... I'm yeah, not, I'm not we'll go a, with 15. I'm not in a mathematical mood. And then yeah. at the end of it, then you have your rep tours and you have your state of origins and you pick the players out after the grand final's already been done. The only problem I see with that, Nagy, now not every team makes the grand final and a number of players will be picked from teams that haven't played in three or four weeks. Yep. So then you've got these players coming in a bit under, or not out, out of form, underdone. Fresh. A bit They'll be fresh. You reckon? Yeah, I don't know. I think they would have put on a bit of Christmas weight. Well, it will be. Well, once be, the season's finished. I just think it needs something needs to change because mm. Origin's lovely, but now it's over and everyone sort of glances back at the, the, the ladder now and going, well, how many games do we need to win to make the finals? I think Origin's become a victim of its own success, though. Mm. There's all this talk about where you should move it, why you should move it. It's so big. It's this enormous monolithic giant that... It kind of doesn't fit anywhere because it's so big and they, they seem to be trying to find the right spot, but just they seem to have settled on the right spot. I think it's they in the right it, spot now. They know it sells. So they, yeah. they, they, that's, the, that's the unfortunate thing why they take it to new mm. places because they're like, it will sell here as well. Yeah. It's and a I mean, spectacle. the whole losing players thing, you've just got to look at that as a bit of a compliment to the club that you've got players good enough. This is something we didn't used to... Well, we forgot what it felt like at yeah. the Knights. <laughs> yeah. You know, we growing up, we always had a plenty of players in the origin sides and you know the last decade's been very barren so you kind of forget what it's like to lose players but Mm. when you do lose them i just like to see it as well that just means we've got great players at the club and you know i think that's the price you pay yeah mind you if calen pong had played in game three and then like D's ACL I'd be cursing the thing now Daniel Turner asks how does our depth look after the weekend pretty damn good Daniel best best have been in years the depth signings of uh, people like Mann 
um, Lino, uh, even like someone said Edric Lee was, but obviously he's Spanish. Heimel Hunt was a depth, depth oh, signing, and he's yeah. been one of our best so far this year. All those players have, have stepped up when we've re- when we've needed them uh, when there's been injuries and suspensions. Mm. So, yeah, I think we're in a good spot if we can just get the the younger crop sort of coming through at the same time. Uh, I think everything should complement each other, and with the long term signings of play- people like Ponga, Pierce, and Clemmer, um, we've got a good structure. It's all falling into place now. Last question. This one comes from Liam Jones, and I've included this because I figured this would uh, be a question you can answer today specifically. Mm. Struggling with a post beers headache, Panadol mm. or Nurofen? Okay, so I've been told that <laughs> that because Nurofen's more of just an anti-inflammatory, it shouldn't really be used in that sense for headaches. Pan- okay. Panadol will be better. Okay, I was told. But then again, I've the, the amount of people that I've met that pull me aside like it's some witch doctor secret and say you take one of each. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's an old family recipe, <laughs> and um, and it's it's always I'm like, oh, is it really like it, in the end? It's like a headache's usually pretty like it's never like a something that's gripping mm. your brain. It's just an occasional pain bounce, and, yeah. then, and so and then when they go away, it's sort of hard to know was it going to go away anyway, or was did it's it's such a minor pain relief if you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You could probably if you didn't take it and then it just got better, or if you took it and you forgot you took it and got better, it just would feel the same. I think. To me, I don't. I, you, I just avoid both. I just hit up my soda stream, get some nice fresh bubbled water beside my bed, mm. and sleep. Sleep, sleep does yeah. help. Yeah, when you got the grog horrors, um, <laughs> as we all do today for very yes. good reasons. Very good reasons. Struggled through, Liam. We've made it on the other side. Thank you all for joining us on the Joust. If you like the Joust, please like us on Snapchat. No, we're not there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just like us on Snapchat anyway. SoundCloud, <laughs> iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter. All those social pipes. Liam, thank you for guiding me through. Anything in the reserve grades? Do we get anything there? Oh, I forgot the reserve Reserve grades again. again. Damn it. (laughs) I'm sure they're doing well. I think they're all playing at home this week. Ah, good. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll definitely have a a keen update to see Mm. where where all the boys at with their various competitions. Thank you very much for joining us, Liam. Uh, Please like us. I've already done that thing. See you later, guys. (laughs) It's been an an absolute horror. (laughs) 